All right, everybody, man. Welcome to another episode of the Back Row Redskins Show. My hat is just doing some crazy stuff right now. But, uh, man, I have an amazing, amazing panel for you guys tonight, man. I have five guests, five of my best friends. Um, these guys are going to bring the heat. They're going to bring the passion. Uh, first up, I want to bring up my guy, Rio. Rio, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. It's been a long time coming. Let's do it. Awesome, awesome. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. You know, I'm 29. I've been a fan since I was a young kid. I haven't seen much winning, but I love this squad. And I just started a podcast of my own, actually, called The Rambling About Washington Podcast. And we've linked up on Washington Brawl before. So we go Absolutely, back man. Welcome to the show. Next guy I want to bring up is my guy, George Edwards. George, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you very much for having me. You know, as soon as you said the topic was uh, – what do we do with Washington? I was all on board for this, man. Absolutely, man. Tell the people a little bit about yourself and where they can find you and all that good stuff. Sure. So I'm uh, the creator of fantasyandframes.com. It's a fantasy football website. We also dabble in fantasy baseball. Been doing that since 2017. Uh, host of the podcast called Fourth and Frames. It's our fantasy football podcast. Uh, you know, diehard Red, you know, die, well, Washington fan, I guess, is what people should be saying now, or mm -hmm. Redskins fan, or whatever you want to say. Uh, you know, growing up in the DMV my entire life, it's been um, it's been a pleasure and it's been a curse rooting for this team. But you know what? I just can't quit them. I just can't quit them. Absolutely, man. Next guy I'm going to bring up to the stage is my guy, Phil. What it do, Phil? What's up, man? I'm glad to be back again. Absolutely. Tell, him, tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Um, 41, live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Been a Redskins fan my entire life. I've seen three Super Bowls. I'm pretty blessed um, nice. <laughs> you know, oh, it is it is honestly watching, watching them play watching monk play was amazing mm, absolutely um, but you can find me at twitter i help uh, a friend of mine tony we run the twitter redskins hub one and we also run the redskin hub facebook page i think we're the fastest growing redskins page on facebook awesome hey, awesome work Next guy to bring up to the stage is my guy, Nate Coleman. What's up, brother? Manny, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. It's awesome to have his face and not just interact on Twitter. Uh, you guys can catch me on Twitter at Jayhawk Chalk. I do a lot of draft downs and a lot of stuff like that. But it's awesome to uh, build up this community and get together with you guys and, and talk Washington football team. Absolutely. And the last guy that I'm bringing up is my guy, Sanchez. What's up, brother? What's up, Manny? Thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Well, uh, I'm 30, and I am the uh, host, creator of On the Warpath on YouTube, talking Washington football, previously Redskins all the time on the channel, uh, do lives, do pretty much thoughts on the team, what, uh, how the direction is going and everything like that. So in uh, doing interviews and collabs with people, you were my second interview I ever did on here. So wow. it's good. It's good to be on, uh, on the away side this time. <laughs> hey, this is awesome, man. And I think like after I was a guest on your show, then I opened up other guests to come up like Rick Doc Walker and people like that came out the man. Nah, I'm you just did. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you and Doug did that, man. Trendsetter. Either way. Man, so guys, man, we have a jam-packed episode for you guys. 
Um, I'm going to get it kicked off. Then I'm going to share this thing because we're streaming right now on YouTube. And I'm going to share this thing on my Twitter. And once I do, we're going to get a, a, a like an influx of people coming in and chatting and all that good stuff. So I want to kick this thing off with fixing the football team 3.0. I've done two of these. And I wanted to bring the smartest minds in the game. I was on the phone with Daniel Snyder, and he said, hey, Manny. I said, what's up, Dan? He said, look, man, I need help fixing this team. I said, okay, I got uh, to go out, find the best minds that I can find, and assemble the Avengers. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, like, the promo, you know. I don't know if you guys can see it. But uh, I had us as like different, <laughs> different guys, and uh, I don't know who, who who's all seen this, but um, Hawkeye, <laughs> let's go. Assemble. I got Corey as the Hulk. I got Nate as Thor. I got George as Iron Man. Phil as Captain America, and Rio as Hawkeye. So uh, and myself as Nick Fury. You know, put this team together. But um, I'm really intrigued <laughs> and interested in seeing what you guys have for us. You know what I'm saying? We're going to kick this thing off with quarterback. That's glaring need for the team. And um, there's a draft, which I don't see us drafting anybody in the first round. That's just me. But we're going to kind of go around around the frames. We're going to go around the frames and, uh, you know, share our thoughts on the quarterback position, whether it's draft, whether it's free agency. What do you see the team doing? Or how would you uh, like to, you know, fix this team? Whether you're speaking from your perspective or what the team is going to do, anything is welcome. It's free liberty on the show. So we're going to kick it off with Rio. What do you see the team doing at the quarterback position? What I see the team doing? Oh, what like, do you realistic? want to do? Okay, what, first of all, what I would do is I, – I know we don't want to mortgage the future, but I would send three first-round picks, two-thirds, and Deron Payne yes. to, C- to Seattle. Yeah. Right. For Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Okay. Because they're looking to move on from Lockett too. That's what I would do to solve this quarterback position. We got to hit on our second round picks. We have a receiver and we have one of the best quarterbacks in the game who spends over a million on his body every year. And we'll see, we will get seven years minimum from Russell Wilson. And that question will not have to be answered here anytime soon and he will have protection weapons and a defense so that's how i solved the quarterback position so that's your pitch hey russell come out here we got a defense hey we get to bring your buddy tyler lockett over and hey you're from richmond you're from richmond come home come home (laughs) let's go let's go george uh so as a defensive minded person the idea of losing duran Payne. uh (laughs) <laughs> it, it hurts. It hurts so bad. Tearing down that Alabama wall that we spent years trying to build up here in our nation's capital. Uh, look, I, I think they go out and get a veteran. Uh, you know, there are two. Well, there are two ways you can go about it. Um, personally, for all the rookie quarterbacks that are coming out, one of the things I like to look at when I'm evaluating these guys is it's not just how well they play when you know they're protected. I want to know who are the good quarterbacks who can handle playing under pressure. And so when I was looking at the different attributes of different quarterbacks, Mac Jones just came off the board. Just looked at. I just saw, saw him. Uh, best passer rating, uh, according to all of the collegiate sports, all the collegiate quarterbacks uh, when under pressure. I, I like that. That being said, I agree with you, Manny. I don't think they take a quarterback in the first round. For me, uh, I think they go out and get a journeyman. Uh, I know this sounds crazy. I've been kind of pitching it all offseason, but you know what? Uh, you know who Tyler Heineke reminds me of? A younger Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, okay. he reminds me of a younger Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
and it's a one-year stopgap just to keep this offense going because you know the offense is going to be explosive with Fitzmagic in town. You're going to have your booms. You're going to have your busts. Um, but I think he's a capable guy. You know, in weeks one through six last year, he was averaging 250 yards a game and had 10 touchdowns in six weeks. I mean, that's pretty good. He still has it, I think. And with our receiving weapons here, I think he can do some damage. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Ryan Fitzmagic, man, look, for those of us who play fantasy football, if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes here, look, Terry McLaurin is going to eat, okay? And oh, yeah. part of the reason why I like a guy like Taylor Heineke is that he's a gunslinger. Like, we need people where if you're losing, you have hope. But when you have a guy like kind of like like a uh, like an Alex Smith type who's gonna kind of check down or down, you know. But when you have a guy who's willing, willing to take chances, I like guys like that. Um, we might disagree, but that's okay. Uh, Corey, what is your take? Well, um, you know, going back to Rio's point about Russell Wilson, he could do two for one. Sierra could take over the new dance team we've got. Ooh, but uh, I like it. I'm just I like saying. It. Hey, we called the one two steppers, right? Yeah. Hey, so um, you heard but it here first. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my logic. I've been very irrational with the quarterbacks over the whole offseason. I want Deshaun Watson. I'd give up the farm for him. Uh, but realistically. I want the last guy to beat the Chiefs in the in the playoffs. That's not named Tan, uh, Tom Brady. That's Marcus Mariota. He's getting ready to get released. He adds a dynamic to this offense that you saw kind of in um, Carolina. He, he he's mobile still. He hasn't had a massive injury. Um, you know, I I kind of kind of freeze up a little bit when I think of Cam. But Marcus had some good times there in Tennessee. I think they had what like uh, two playoff appearances. Uh, they he was part of like two winning seasons out there. So I think um, I like Marcus Mariota, y'all. I, I know a lot of people are kind of hesitant about it. He's a good age, and if I'm not mistaken, they had us connected to him back in 2015 too for a little bit. So yeah. I, I think Mariota would be a, a good uh, pickup for us. Uh, as extra dynamic, I, I think he can open up the running game for Antonio Gibson. And then I, I think Terry McLaurin, he can lean on somebody, maybe go out and get Corey Davis. I know I'm thinking a little bit ahead of myself, uh, but you can go out there and I think you can have a functional offense that uh, that can get you some wins. And honestly, I mean, I like Marcus as a guy that we can grab without losing assets. Mm -hmm. you know I like him over guys like Teddy Bridgewater. I like him over guys like Jacoby Brissett. That's just me personally. But I want to see what Nate has to say. Nate has this look. He's like, I don't know. I'm about to give it to him. <laughs> Talk to yeah. us, Nate. Yeah, I'll tell you all, with, with Mariota, the uh, recency bias where the last time you saw him, he had a great game against Chargers. But, I mean, there's 32 teams that passed on him. He's he's What he is is like a – a higher level of Alex Smith. He's very conservative. He's not aggressive. He's a slow processor. He's going to take with the defense. And if you want that, if you want a game manager, you limit your ceiling, but you floor. So the team finished in the top five in turnovers last year. You really just need a guy who's not going to turn over the ball. But I think some people think he's still has a ceiling, though, that he can reach to. But for me, for this team to reach its ceiling, and when I say ceiling, I mean contending for a Super Bowl, 
You need a quarterback that's going to elevate the offense so you can play with a lead and your pass rush playing with a lead. That's how you win in today's NFL. And we can't do that until we dynamic offense. So you're going to have to find that franchise quarterback. If you can't trade up in the draft, which, I mean, there's four terrific quarterbacks I like, but it's going to take two – a second and probably some other change to go up and get them. Then I think you're looking to next year. I think you're looking to 2022 for that quarterback class, which, which isn't as strong. I mean, sometimes you got to be patient and this team isn't a player away. I, I people like to say that, but they're not, mm-hmm. I mean, they have multiple holes to fill and uh, Rome right. wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, I mean, a lot of things can happen between now and next year. I know we're focused about, you know, this season, but, hey, there's a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers that might be available next year. I mean, you guys same how – so it's like a lot of different opportunities and different things can happen next year. But as far as this year, re- re- like realistically, I mean, of course I would love to get one of the top four guys in the draft. Of course I would love to get, you know, a Watson or Russell Wilson, but – I mean, anything can happen. Uh, Ron Rivera did say today that, you know, he's going to like he's like Ron Rivera said that he's not desperate. Okay, He's not desperate for a quarterback um, that he's going to build this team the right way. So what that said to me was he was not willing to mortgage the future. And I've seen all kinds of different things that people are saying. Um, <laughs> this guy says, take, take, he says, take Sam Darnold off. Our hand, <laughs> I want to kick this thing off the field, man. <laughs> All right. So quarterback, I think the best stopgap quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod oh, Taylor. No. Move. <laughs> no. Yes. Just no. Joe, trust me. <laughs> he has a QB rating of Williamson Buffalo in the nineties. Um, he's, he's accurate and he's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. I think we go around that area of vets. Me personally, I want Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold was the most talented quarterback in that draft. He's strong. He's a tough kid. Um, I think you can get him for a third and a fifth, so you're not mortgaging the future. Um, but Sam Darnold is who, if it was my team, that's who I'm going after. But okay. I, if if Cam Newton comes to the team, I'm going to lose it. I'll lose it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, talking about Cam, man. I think a lot of us here are not for Cam. Is anybody for Cam? No. I take him before Tyrod. Okay. No. I take yeah, him before Tyrod. Yeah. Tyrod was playing well before he got his lung punctured by a man. Well for Tyrod. Well for Tyrod yeah. is yeah. like. I like that, George, accidentally. Tyrod <laughs> and Teddy are like the most pedestrian quarterbacks that have ever lived. <laughs> like, there's like no upside to them. It's just all medium. There's no top or bottom. There's no topping out or bottoming out. It's just all steady. But most of your stop gaps are going to be that way. Oh, for They're sure. Oh, and, and Manny, um, I gave uh, something that I know is not going to happen. Russell Wilson's not coming here. Um, before we go to the next topic, I think someone, as of recently, this is upon further data, I think we should go after Gardner Minshew. Oh, because that is someone Benjamin Albright brought it up on the Tay and Todd pot, and it made me think about it. He he's produced for them last year in eight games. He produced as many touchdowns as we did in sixteen. <laughs> he did not have much in Jacksonville, and his rookie year, he threw for what twenty-one touchdowns and five picks. Mm-hmm. He would easily be the best quarterback on the roster. They don't need him now that they have Trevor Lawrence, who's Jesus coming in town. We can mm-hmm. throw them a fifth-round pick 
and literally actually have a 24-year-old quarterback with some upside, some mobility, and the moxie and personality as a fan base we could get behind. So not to, sleeper not to pick. Not to mention, you know, that's a very good point. Like, not to mention, we have to remember, like, this fan base needs to be sold. Like, yep. after what happened last year, a lot of people jumped off the ship, whether it was the name oh, change, sure. whether it was the drama uh, mm-hmm. that went on behind the scenes. Like, people in the DMV, they need to be able to, you know, rally behind this team again. They need some excitement. So as much as we're talking things from a football point of view, you have to think of things from a marketing point of view, too. I love the idea of Gardner Minshew. Like, he is pretty good, uh, pretty accurate with the ball. Uh, again, short-term stopgap. You know he can still play. He's relatively young. You don't have to invest too much in him. That, that's that's really good, Rio. I like that. Yep. Look, let me hear from Corey because Corey's mm. like making all these different faces. When y'all yeah, he's, he's not liking any of that. Oh, <laughs> oh no, y'all. That, I, I'm like with Gardner Minshew, right? He he was last year. He was in Jay Gruden's offense, which is favorable to the quarterback. That's what got oh, Kirk, sure. Kirk Cousins that money. But mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't produce the W's. I don't know if we want to trust Scott with remolding him, stripping him out, and then putting him back out there as a quarterback for Washington. You got to think, our fan base is polarized anyway when mm-hmm. it, when it oh, comes sure. to court. Quarterback is the most polarizing thing in the nation's capital. So oh, if yeah, we can find sure. some guy that's just like, I'm looking for a guy right now that's just going to make us everybody say, "Okay, yeah, we're good. We're I, I'm good," and then we can build on it. That's why I bring up like that's why I brought up Marcus Mariota. Like, oh, he yeah. might be, oh he's he might the he's the epitome right. of that. He, he, that's what <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not looking to. I'm not looking to blow up things. We don't need sexy to win. That was proven last year. Mm-hmm. We went through five quarterbacks. Went through a paraplegic. Um, incompetence and then a guy who broke his leg and i I mean they they went to the playoffs they won the division granted it was a bad division it's probably still going to be bad this year so i i don't i don't want somebody who i'm crossing my fingers is going to work out i need somebody who's proven that he can get the job done or do what's asked of him and do just enough. We can build on that. And it goes back to what uh, Nate was saying. We just have to be patient. I think we all want it now, but it might not be. The the best worst thing to happen to this team was we won the division last year. Oh, yeah. Sure. Because we put it, we've put this uh, narrative in our head that we've got to put the gas on and we've We're got close. to go now. Yep, yeah. and uh, – Daggone, who was it? Dominique Foxworth. He needs to shut his mouth because when he said that, we all went crazy. <laughs> yeah. right, so I mean, guys- you you can throw out last season. I hear a lot of people talk about that, but it mm-hmm. every season is different. There's so much variance. Yeah. If you go and individually look at those games, man, seven wins, right? Talk about the quarterbacks we beat. You have Danucci, you got Dalton, you got Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley or whoever you have there. You have old busted Ben Roethlisberger. How many <laughs> like good quarterbacks did we actually beat? It was all a lot of it was just variance and luck. So I wouldn't it, like it's good to build off of, but like don't count oh, yeah. on that next year. I mean, it's all about it's all about offense. If you can't put up points and you can't rush the passer, like the rest isn't going to come together. But I mean, you can expect to not turn over the ball as much as we did last year. So I think that's the one positive thing going for us. And there's a lot of guys who fit that bill. You, I mean, you have Tyrod, you have, you have a lot of other guys, Bridgewater, whoever you want to go after. I think the one thing with you guys talked about Darnold and Minshew, their their careers are actually very similar. Uh, Minshew yeah. has done a 
Minshew has done a lot more with a lot less. He's, he wasn't a first round pick. He didn't have good talent around him and he still made more happen. Everyone talks about Sam Darnold I'm and saying. his ceiling. Absolutely. I've never seen his ceiling. The only time I ever saw a ceiling was his first year. Sure. And you made <laughs> Well, and, Minshew, and, and also with Gardner Minshew, Jay Gruden has one of the like longest verbiage offenses that we've seen. Yeah. And Gardner picked it up in the COVID offseason. He didn't get a whole offseason and he picked it up fine. He only played in eight games last year. 16 touchdowns, five picks in eight games. We had 16 touchdowns and 16 picks in 16 games this year. I'm just saying. There's upside to it. He's 25, and he's got the personality we could get behind. Who would not love Gardner? And, and let me All say of my boys. Know. My boys are blowing me up saying, no, Minshew, no, Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about Gardner Minshew is I was going to pose this question, but you guys already talked about it. Everybody wants to go ahead and get a Sam Darnold, but Gardner Minshew has outplayed Sam Darnold. You can say, yes. oh, Sam Darnold didn't have weapons. Well, Minshew didn't have weapons. The most impressive thing to me about Minshew is the, the you know, very short time that he's been in the league is his – he doesn't throw a lot of picks. For somebody who airs the ball out as much as he does, he doesn't throw a lot of picks. Now – Granted, like Nate said, everything is different. Every season is different. There's oh, different sure. scenarios. You know, there's different things that make, you know, stats, not stats and stats, stats, if, if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. I tell us to say the price for Donald is going to be expensive because of his first round pedigree. But you have a guy like Gardner Minshew who was drafted in his what, sixth round. Sixth so, you, round. so he doesn't have that pedigree as a top tier guy. But at the same time, we're trading. They're, they're very similar. And for me, I like Garner Minshew's upside more than I like Sam Donald's. That's just me. That's just me. But, guys, some big news went down today. Um, Kyle Allen was picked up. You know, he was uh, he was he was tendered. And then uh, Sims Jr. was also uh, uh, tendered as well. We're going to transition to wide receivers. Outside of Terry McLaurin, we have a whole bunch of Jags, a whole bunch of guys who run around pretending to be wide receivers, a whole bunch of guys that can't catch the ball, a whole bunch of guys that are inexperienced, okay? So we desperately need a wide receiver too, whether it's via the draft or whether it's via free agency. My favorite guys that I wanted, both got tagged. I wanted Galladay. I wanted Allen Robinson. I understand. You mean Godwin? Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, Galladay is free. Yeah, Holiday is free. not free. <laughs> no, he's definitely not free. Oh no, not free, but he's free to he's free to sign anywhere. Just twenty he's million dollars a year, he's free. <laughs> so, so guys, I will, I will ask you, I will ask you guys this: Do you guys think that Godwin is better than Terry McLaurin now? Does anybody disagree? I think he's better right. than Terry. Would you guys? Would, would, are we all agreeing that uh, who's the other guy? Allen Robinson is better than Terry McLaurin right now. Allen Robinson yes. is because he's playing with crappy quarterbacks. All right, he's elite. Look, look, look what he's done with bad quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Allen Robinson right. is – I don't know about Godwin. I, I think I'd take Terry over Godwin. Godwin's in a better yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, got to look at that. And Godwin the age is – the, the age is everything with wide receivers, man. Once they get to 28, 29, 30, that cliff falls off. So, I mean, Godwin right. is yeah, still young. He's that. already had his big year. I mean, he's – yeah, he, he's easily there for me. I mean, Robinson's 27. He, he's a stud, but I think him and Terry are really similar, to be honest. I, I don't think there's much of a difference. 
Okay. I'll give you that. And I say this to say those two guys are guys that I felt like were worth the money to me. Godwin and, you know, Robinson. keep forgetting the other guy, Allen Robinson. Robinson. Once they're gone, they're gone. Once they're off my radar, I, I just, they're just out of here. Okay. They're gone. <laughs> so to me, Kenny Galladay, to me right now, I feel is on the, Terry is on the same level that Kenny Galladay is on right now. Yeah. But is he worth that $20 million a year? I would say no. But at the same time, if you can get a Kenny Galladay, he is a major upgrade. And oh, I oh, think sure. him, yeah, him and Terry are going to compliment off mm-hmm. each other. So you guys talk to me about what you guys see in free agency and if a guy like Kenny Galladay is worth it. I'll let Rios kick it off. I think Kenny Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay would be worth it. I don't think we're going to go that route. I think we'll throw an offer out there for him. But he also gives you that 50-50 ball ability down the field that helps quarterbacks out. Just throw it up. He's going to go get it that we don't really have on the roster. I guess Cam Sims is a poor man's version of that. Even like, But Cam Sims, Cam Sims frustrates me because he cannot find the right running lane and follow blocks to save his life. But anyways, Bad. I think the route we're going is more on the lines of we need some speed. Nelson Aguilar is a name that a lot of people like are going to – they're going to think about Philly and the fact that he was always open and didn't catch passes. Well, his hands came to Vegas last year, and he caught, and he averaged 19 yards a catch. Give me Nelson Aguilar and a Curtis Samuel to use as a utility guy. Put him in the slot. Put him on the outside. Put him in the backfield. And give me Elijah Moore in the second round of the draft, a slot demon. He is the best at creating separation, and he might be the best route runner in the draft. And then, boom, we got a full receiving room. We can let the rest of the Jags like complete the room. We can let Cam Sims, Harmon, uh, Gandy Golden, we can let all of them compete for a couple spots on the roster. <laughs> Sorry, right. yeah, that's not those faces. Man, that's not at you. Well, this, I just said this is like ridiculous. He's a slot receiver. Are you out of your mind? I like his picture. Look, I like his profile picture. Oh, oh, what? oh, oh my that's god! He, oh my god! What is he saying? <laughs> I just realized that he's a great slot receiver. That's why we were all no. Yeah, yeah. Slot receiver, you mean wide receiver one? Yeah. Oh wow! Sorry, Rio. That was just that. That just blew my mind. He just said Deshaun Jackson is available too. Oh, you got to boot him. You got to boot him. You need to stop. George, sorry, Rio. My bad. Yeah, George, you got it, man. Nice. Uh, I, I'm I'm on board with Kenny Galladay to be honest with you. I think he is the, the worth the money to be honest. Uh, you're gonna they're gonna have to pay up whoever they're bringing in here. Like Kenny Galladay is just not gonna look at a situation as like, well, what's the quarterback situation? What's the situation going on? I think he'll be tempted by the fact that we have a good defense and we're pulling our weight there. Um, and pairing up with Terry McLaurin, I think would be a good thing in terms of a slot wide receiver. Um, you know, I know this name has been beaten to death, you know, in Washington circles, but Curtis Samuel, you look at the emergence of these wide receivers like uh, Debo Samuel, like uh, Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco. These guys can catch it. They can run with it. That's what Curtis Samuel has been doing for years. Last year, he had over a thousand yards from scrimmage. Um, he gets the 11th most targets from the slot. I mean, uh, and I don't think his price tag is going to be that high. I think they could go out legitimately get a big name wide receiver and get somebody that Ron Rivera knows and trusts. Okay, Corey. Yeah, I, I like um, I like Curtis Samuel. 
because just with everything you can do, you can just draw, you can have one, two, three different plays, sets for him that uh, he can do it with his feet. He can do it in the air. Um, I like, because I feel like we're going to go to Dollar General. We're not going to go to the uh, <laughs> to the mall to get somebody. And a name, Speed, just got cut from Buffalo, mm-hmm. John Brown. Wow. Smoke. John Brown, he's smoky. And I mean, he, he, what have we really focused? What has Ron focused on since getting here? Speed. Speed. He's 30, yeah. but he's still fast. Oh, he's still so, moving. Yeah, he can still move. He can still burn people up. And I think that's a, a good target. But at the end of the day, wide receivers ain't nothing if it's not with what we just talked about earlier in the quarterback. But I like those two guys. I like Samuel and I like uh, I, I like John Brown, man. I've always been a big fan of him. Yeah, I like John Brown a lot. Nate, what you got for us? Yeah, you know, I love talking about receiver. Uh, so so I think with, with Kenny Galladay, you're talking about 19 to $20 million per year. So it's going to be expensive. And you got to understand what those contracts, like wait a year or two, and it won't seem like it's so bad. Um, but he, he definitely adds a dynamic feeling. He led the league in touchdown passes and, and not touch, touch touchdown receptions in 2019. He was third in yards per reception and second in 20-plus yard receptions that year too. So he's, he's a dynamic deep threat, and he can win all over the field. But he's also getting up there in age a little bit and he has an injury history so that's to keep in mind uh the big thing is like with the draft coming up everyone talks about how deep it is at receiver it's really deep at slot receivers it's not deep at uh you know receivers out on the outside there's not as many perimeter receivers so everyone's like yeah curtis samuel that that sounds awesome but i mean it's so deep there, there's 10 or 12 receivers you could take that can play in the slot and and they won't cost nearly as much but i do like samuel but you have to add someone on the outside who compliments terry there's a lot of different ways you can do that right like there's guys who are really fast like will fuller but they obviously come with that injury history you have the you know, you have the high risers like Kenny Galladay, and you also have like possession guys like Corey Davis. And it's kind of a pick your poison there. I mean, they're all they're all guys I like, but uh, I mean, I really want to build like wide receiver is a premium position. I want to build that through the draft. And I feel like free agency is all about uh, building your needs, right? You grab short term needs. The draft is all about the long game. You know, it's getting those blue blue chip prospects and bringing them in. So, I mean, with a deep class like that, you really want to hit up the draft. And a guy I like in the second round, you said Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is perfect. I mean, I think he has such a high perfect. floor and, and he can play right away. I, obviously, another guy I really like is Rondell Moore. And I know he can play right away because. He had the best freshman season of all time as a as a freshman receiver. I mean, he had, he's like a 99th percentile breakout age. I mean, dude was just crushing it. He's he's a freaking like Saquon Barkley, but he's a receiver basically. You should just he's so much fun to watch. But uh, I think he'll be there if pick 51. If we're looking at that, but we'll have to see. Oh, this <laughs> oh here. Spanish Jesus Stephen Montez. We are not no. talking about Steven Montez. On no, the no, don't no. Give him we're already doing it. <laughs> we're no. not gonna do it. Oh, gonna, oh we can't no. do it. Oh, I missed what Josh said. What Josh say? Josh, my guy, man. Josh, what's up, Josh? Josh Taylor, man. We love you, brother. We definitely got to get you, you on the next one, man. Josh, coastal baby, coastal alums. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but um, I mean, it's the comments. The comments is really making the show right now because yeah, they look, are. We'll be talking about something so serious and then something pops up like very important just to stop wide receiver or you know okay. or, I got tears coming. I got tears coming to my eyes on the Spanish Oh my god, not so hard. Is it just me? Is it just not me? Or do you oh, go ahead, Phil. Hold on. I gotta look, I gotta talk about this take by Josh before 
weekends. You know what, well, Nate? I like Nate, that. Mac Jones, Nate, baby. Woo. You have been on Josh's show more than all of us, okay? So talk to me about his love for Alabama guys, man. Josh yeah, I mean, he definitely has some uh, confirmation bias with all those Alabama players. Uh, Jones is fine, man, but it's not even a question. Lawrence is in his own tier. Uh, <laughs> you just listen to him talk about receivers, too. Like, he knows Jamar Chase is better than Waddle and Smith, but he's going to come on here and talk like every Alabama player is, you know, God's <laughs> gift to earth or something. It's it's ridiculous. Really? He it's knows what he, he knew what he did. He had seven rounds of Alabama players. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. God. Oh man! All right, so uh, where were we? Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Talk to us, right. Phil. So I'm going to piggyback off Nate a little bit. Like he said, the draft is loaded with slot wide receivers. You could get a guy in the fourth, fifth round, like Kate Johnson, Austin Watkins. Um, you can get some of those guys. They can come in and play right away and cut Stephen Sims. See his stone okay. hands. You're going wow. Send him right now. I'll drive him out of here. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Rio. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my plan at wide receiver, I would go for Corey Davis. I like the possession receiver. I agree with Nate. Um, I really, really think that – good grief. Come on, Josh. Oh, hey, no. so, hey, but To give Josh some, some credit, they I have heard they love Robert Foster. He will be on the team. He'll be a wide Speed. receiver five or six. Speed. Speed. He is. He's fast. So that's why I don't think we'll go after like uh, John Brown. I I really do think we'll go after Corey Davis. Um, we don't have the money to go after Galladay. Right now we're sitting at thirty nine million in cap. That's with the sheriff tag. Um, you got to add about seven million for the draft class. So that leaves you around thirty two million. And say we tendered the two guys today, right around a million dollars each. Right at million dollars, rounding up. So you're at thirty million dollars. <laughs> hey, look! Hey, look! Look what the Saints and Cowboys are doing. The cap is a myth. Yeah, if you need yeah. cap, if you Trust need me. cap, cap the cap will just myth. come out. You can pull it out your pocket if you need it. The cap. If you myth. need to get Trust me, the Saints are going to be losing Lattimore. They're going to lose Teron Armstead. They're, they're, they're not though. They, they will what? They're not going to no. lose them. They just right lost now. their best pass rusher, Hendrickson. Oh yeah, they're yeah, going to lose Hendrickson. Oh for sure, but they're. They're going to manage because the cap is manipulated to people's will every year. Well, that is true. You can manipulate it so much, but they're so far under, they are going to have to cut people. But anyway, back to wide receiver. Like I said, if we go slot like Curtis Samuel, I would go with a bigger wide receiver like Cornell Powell, Sage Surratt um, around the fourth or fifth round. Um, Just get that big body outside of – no, no, Juju. Juju's overrated. All he wants to do is dance. With the too expensive. Too expensive. That's all he wants to do. Uh, Ron Rivera would bench Juju in a heartbeat. He'd just yeah, be done with him. Um, oh, no, no. Before, hold on, hold on. Before we get off of that, what's everybody's problem with Juju? Yeah, I don't care about he, that. I think he's a real He's, he's he, 23, he's and he yeah. uses TikTok. Like all other 23-year-olds nowadays, he danced on some logos. He has great football character, and he shows he's a high-end wide receiver, too. He's He'd good. He's a good compliment. He's good. Phil, Phil said it. He's not a Ron Rivera guy. Yeah. I mean, everything – like, I know we're building a culture here, but his football culture is fine. Like, he can yeah. – everybody on the team is not going to be a choir boy like Terry. Yeah, Ron's that's totally <laughs> Everything off the side. He he's a football. He's football. 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 He wants guys that will come in 
at six o'clock in the morning and be mm-hmm. there. I mean, and, Terry's going to, I mean, Juju, Juju's yeah. going to do that though. He, he's a hard working or a great teammate. He just has, yeah. he dances. He dances. Think holiday's expensive. What's Juju going to uh, I do like Kelvin Harmon too, by the way. He's one, he was one yeah. of my favorite guys. He's a, he's a jump ball guy, 38, 40 balls his rookie year. Yeah, granted, they were with Haskins throwing the ball, but um, <laughs> Nate, Nate, I really want to know what your opinion is on like my idea of Sage Surratt, Cornell Powell late. If I think because I really do believe we'll, we'll sign Curtis Samuel because of the Carolina connection. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you there. So, so the thing is, like, once you get out of day one, day two with receiver, it really is a crapshoot. Like most of those guys don't ever work out. It's almost like it's almost like quarterback. Like I just Sage Straw and some of those bigger guys, they're kind of redundant to who you have in Golden and who you have in Harmon and guys like that. I, I like them. They're okay, but I, I want guys with like elite traits. And if you're gonna go wait till day three to go after receiver, I think that I want to go after those slot guys if you still have it. You got a darting could fall there you said kate johnson and there's so many of them back then but but it's just like people make their heads at the receiver core well you get in what you put out right when you don't spend any money or any draft capital receiver you get a bunch of undrafted wide receivers that are so that, that's what happens i don't know why like you should be happy that steven sims and sims are on the roster like an un, undrafted free agent just making the team that's amazing you've already checked that box as far as value goes so i mean that's that's the gm's fault for building a team that way yeah, okay. so yeah, that, that's what I agree with. Like I said, that's why I personally, since it's so deep at slot receiver, I throw the throw what little what money I can at Corey Davis. I make a run at Corey yeah. Davis. He's fun. I like that. Yep. All right. So <laughs> off that comment, we're gonna we're gonna transition to tight ends. But before I get to tight ends, yeah, Cam Sims is in play for the team. I think he's gonna be the wide receiver four. Uh, possibility wide receiver three. Um, he's gonna fight for that, but I think wide receiver four is perfect because I feel like we're bringing in two new starters one on the outside and one in the slot. And Sam Cam Sims is gonna be able to complement us. Um, also with uh Harmon coming back, I don't know how he comes back off that injury. I've seen him running routes, it doesn't look good right now. Uh, he look, (laughs) he he wasn't good at running routes before, (laughs) before that. He's He's just a really good blocker. I like having him outside the block. Manny, quick question before we talk tight end. Okay, no, matter of fact, this is for the whole room. Do any of you realistically see Gandy Golden a part of our plans? No, yes, I do, and this is why. They draft you, don't spend a a fourth round pick on a guy and just let him go the year after. I think he's going to be in a team, but guess what? He's going to have to work his way up. They're not going to hand him anything. No. He'll be great on I, I think teams. he could, like, he, he's a practice squad candidate still, or, right? Or special you teams know. to play, but I don't think he's oh, going to be involved, involved I have, in the I, passing I game. Yeah, I don't see him at all being involved in the passing game. Like, I, I, I just think, don't see it. I think he's watching and the COVID that really hurt him. I mean, he's jumping from Liberty to the NFL. It's That's a huge yeah, jump sure. in um and yeah, great that uh what's his name was his coach? Uh Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze yep. was his coach, SEC guy. Mm-hmm. So he, he, when he said that he's one of the most talented wide receivers he's coached and smartest. I mean Ron Rivera, you know he likes smart football players. Yeah, Hugh Freeze probably doing a little lip service to help his guy get drafted. I saw that they look. 
Man, yeah, I, when I watch those press conferences, I don't even – like, I'll watch it, but it's all just cliche, like, coach speak, man. Like, don't yeah, – I take yeah, everything I they say with a grain of salt. Like, Ron Revere says, we're not going to make any risk. We're going to play it real – I don't care. But, and they're, they're car the salesmen. Yeah, listen, exactly. the, the only thing that speaks – the only thing that speaks in the NFL are transactions and on the field. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that speaks. Like, okay, so you gotta like, at least flash and practice. Like, yeah. show me a practice clip of Antonio Gandy Golden doing. Hey, something. he had one. He had one hard. big uh, twenty-five yard run on the season. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so on the reverse. Yeah, yeah. Browns. Yeah. Browns. Yeah. He had a big drop too. That was like a twenty-five yard reception too. So, but I mean, he's a fourth receiver. You can't, like I said, you, but once you get to day three, don't expect these guys to he's do a, anything more than make the roster. Oh yeah, for sure. That's All right, so uh, tight ends. Uh, Everybody's been commenting. Somebody commented about Dan Arnold from the Cardinals. Somebody said, Ooh. my favorite tight end prospect right now in free agency, John o. Smith. I knew. Hunter Henry. So I'm going to kick it off with Corey. Corey, talk to me about John o. Smith because we both like John o. Smith. We both are on a John o. Smith. Dude. And right now. Which of? Uh, look, I think he'd be affordable for us. Um, big guy. Got a nice little catch. Especially if you go back and look at like the highlights you put together, too. In the end zone, you find him, you throw that ball up in there, he's gonna come down with it. Um, I, I like I like John U. Smith more than I like Hunter Henry. And uh you saw the debate I was getting into yes, with sir. my cousin, and he said, I take Hunter Henry. I said, No, Hunter Henry stays hurt. And if you look at it, John U. Smith, his numbers have increased each year, and it's not like been big, but they've been boom, boom, boom. He, he went for like 100, 200, 300 almost 500 yards this year. So I, I like him and didn't, they put him back there in the running game one time. Um, so I, I like John U. Smith. I, I, I think he would be a good compliment to my man because I'm the president of the Logan Thomas fan club. <laughs> so put, put him, put Smith. The only thing I worry about is his blocking. Um, but other than that, put him and Thomas together. And I think you got your threat. And if you can't find your wide receiver too, that I think that that's going to help cover up some deficiencies there. Weapons, we need yeah. weapons. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Hunter Henry stays hurt, man. Yeah, he, yeah. He's always hurt. He'll play five games. Yeah. He misses three. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was healthy all year last year. I think that's oh, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I think Overblown. you get that reputation. Yeah. Like, yeah, injury prone is something you hear thrown like, out a lot. Pull up Hunter here. Henry's like yeah. games we played the last couple years. Yeah, we know about injury prone tight ends. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about Jordan Reed. That Jordan that's Reed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I believe he was talking about Logan Thomas, but uh, let me hear what George has to say about the tight end position. Well, you're not going to like this. Uh, so I went with the less sexy approach. I, I, I'm of the belief if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think Logan Thomas did a great job last year. I think he can build upon what he did going into this season. But for me, you know, whether it's, you know, if they draft a quarterback, whether they bring a quarterback in, you know, they really need – especially if they sign one of these big wide receivers, they can't really spend too much money in other positions on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, therefore, you know, it's about keeping the quarterback upright. Uh, one of the free agents out there, his name is Tyler Croft, tight end, formerly mm-hmm. of the Buffalo Bills. According to, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, was the eighth best pass-blocking tight end, allowed zero QB hits or pressures on the season. Somebody you can get for the cheap – protects the quarterback, like you just said about Johnny Smith, not that great of a blocker, but a great receiving option. I think if you're trying to go low key and you're trying to protect this quarterback, whoever that quarterback is, I think Tyler Croft is somebody that, you know, maybe is going to be under the radar sighting. 
Awesome, awesome. I heard I seen somebody put up a Brevin. Oh God, Gordon. Yes. I love yes. him from my oh, God. Uh, he's a beast. And the other point is, I think John U probably gets around nine million. But I think that he's worth. I think that John U is a rising star. He's a guy that's trending up. And if he goes to the right team, right system, he can be a guy. I mean, we've seen tight ends come in and 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 you know ball out. I look at when I look at John U. Smith. I see him as a, a shifty – he has, like, that shiftiness of a, a Delaney Walker. This guy can take handoffs. He can You can move him around a little bit, even though he's big. He, hey, he got some wheels on him. Uh, Rio, what are you thinking about tight end? Like, what do you think the team does? What do you want the team to do? I love Jonu. I love Jonu and Hunter Henry. I like them both. But I think we're going to spend some money at the wide receiver position. I see somebody's asked about Thaddeus Moss. He has no part of any plan that's taken. He's, he, he's Randy's son. That's it. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's it. He's going to be Randy. He caught a touchdown in the national yeah. championship game. That's all. <laughs> okay, but back to what I was saying. I love John Newman Hunter. I think there's some cheaper options, but the cheapest option is through the draft. And one of my favorite players in this draft, Pat Fryer moved, the tight end from Penn State. He could be our younger Hunter Henry. I see a complete tight end from this guy. He has a good catch radius. He can block, and I, he's a dog. I like him. I think he could be our co-tight end one. I think he's the second best and one of the more complete tight ends in the draft. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Nate? Yeah, guys, with, with tight end, you, you got to think, like, you don't want to pay a premium and free agency for tight end, especially when you're talking about your second tight end, because we don't even play in 12 personnel that often. And the reason we don't is because we don't have someone who can block, seal the edge, and pass. We had three receptions from our backup tight ends this year. That's all three oh of them. God. They had three receptions. So so you don't want to spend, like, premium dollars. You could get someone like uh, Gerald Everett, someone I really like, but I think he even him is probably going to cost, like, seven or eight million. But right. when you're talking about the draft – we do need prospects, right? We don't have any prospects in the pipeline for tight end. We don't have anyone that you can build on for the future. And it's one of the slowest positions to develop anyway. So, so yep. I, I saw someone mention Brevin Jordan, Brevin Jordan is excellent. I mean, he's, he's a lot like Jordan Reed. That's, that's kind of who he reminds yep. me of. He's not a good blocker though. He tries, he's willing, but he, he in line, uh, he's going to struggle with that. So that's something you have to think about, but I mean, he is a weapon like after the catch, he, he's not really an end zone threat either. Cause he's smaller, but uh, someone else that I really like is uh, Hunter long and Hunter long. Someone you can get probably, in the third or fourth round and so he was the uh all acc tight end the last two years right the uh, 2019 it was a run heavy scheme they had a completely different offense like focus on aj Dillon, and he was an awesome blocker got awards for everyone was ranting and raving about him this next season he leads all of college football in receptions for a tight end they changed the offense it's more of like a pro style and he leads the team in receptions leads the nation in reception so he's a guy he, he's not going to flash you like he's pretty good at ran a four or five in high school at weighing 235 pounds so that's pretty fast for for how big he is but i mean he's a guy who you can play right away like i think he could be your third or second tight end from day one and you can get him in the third or fourth round awesome awesome phil all right so tight end uh i'm not paying tight end Lovin thomas is our one so why pay a two i'm bringing in kyle rudolph on vet minimum i'm gonna call it say hey come back and play with scott he knows the offense he can i think he'll be fine there as a vet minimum or a tight end two tight end three kyle rudolph is a pretty good blocker out of notre dame um, I like, I do like Hunter Long. He reminds me of, uh, poor man's Travis Kelsey. I really like Hunter Long. Um, but 
a guy I kind of want to wait a little later in my draft for a tight end. I like uh, guys like uh, Trey McKitty uh, out of Georgia, Florida State, whichever school you want to say he's from. Um, I also like, uh, well, Kolar, he, he went back. So um, I also like uh, Kenny Yaboa from Yaboa. Ole Miss. Yeah. Yaboa was the best blocker out of JUCO. He likes to hit people. He basically said if he drops a pass, he's taking it out on his next target when he blocks them. I mean, he is nasty. Not a big body. I think he can put some frame, more weight on. But uh, Kenny Yaboa and Trey McKinney are guys I like. I've even got like a priority undrafted free agent that I like. His name's Justin Rigg out of Kentucky. He is a mauler, uh, basically a left tackle that plays tight end. He is just – he likes to hit people. Um, but I'm not paying tight end. I feel you. I feel you. So um, – Let's go to the next position. Let's go ahead and shift to the defensive side of the ball, a position that's so underrated. Like people are not even thinking that we need this position. We need a backup edge. We need a backup edge. Ryan Kerrigan is gone. Okay. And uh, Ryan Anderson is gone, even though he didn't do much last year, but he was still depth. He was still depth. You still need depth. Um, We have uh, Smith Williams. He's going to be promoted. He's going to have to play a big role this year. But what do you guys see the team doing in terms of securing a backup edge? And I'm going to start with George on this one. So uh, he was just released. uh, I believe he's currently a free agent by the Detroit Lions. Under the radar guy, Romeo Aquara. He had 10 sacks on the season. Again, really under the radar. You probably get him on a very team-friendly deal. Uh, Him rotating in and out uh, for either Chase or or, uh, Montez. I think he could bring really good uh, pass rushing in the sack upside there. Okay. Okay. Corey? I like um I like Dietrich Wise out of um out of New England because he's played all over that line and so he has experience. You can play if you need to play him inside, and you know that New England they play multiple they play a multiple front a lot of times. I th- I'd like to see him maybe come in here and um, play back up. He, I think. He, Probably what what is he going to command? Maybe about seven million dollars on average. Uh, we might want to go for a cheaper option there, but I, I like I like Dietrich Wise. Okay, Rio. <clears throat> There's a lot of money going to be spent on this defensive line in the next few years. Jonathan Allen needs to get paid. Deron Payne, we're going to pick up his option. He's going to need to get paid. Sweat's going to reset the market when it's time if he stays on the trajectory he's already at and chase young is probably going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league it's time for him to get paid and we also have matt ionitis so i just don't see much money that can be allocated here so i feel like we're gonna rock with the Brelforts and the Smith Williams of the world and find some more in the middle of the draft maybe earlier than we would think maybe like a third round pick on an edge and taking a flyer on somebody because I just don't see much more uh, money we can put into this defensive line. Like it's it's getting up there, and there's going to be some really tough decisions coming up real soon. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that's kind of where you that's kind of where you go and you finish out your team, finding these guys in the middle of the draft, late draft. Uh, you know, those are your death pieces, and those are the guys that stick around in the league. Those are the guys that make everything work. Um, 
Speaking of offense, I forgot about Brandon Sheriff. And this right here is our hot topic. Mm, true. This is a hot topic, and I apologize that oh, I didn't talk about this when I did, but we got to go ahead and talk about this right now. You want to know why you forgot? You want to know why you forgot it? Because he's a guard. <laughs> <laughs> Making tackle money. He's a guard. Yeah. You know, it's like we franchised this guy last year. See, we should have paid this guy two years ago. We should have, you know, if we were going to keep him, we should have done it two years ago. Yeah. When this guy hit all pro, the price just went up. That's what you don't want. A lot of these guys on the football team now, even on the on the on the line, you have to extend some of these guys now because some of these guys are going to hit Pro Bowl status. Some of these guys are going to hit All Pro status, and the price is just going to go up. You can't keep everybody. But Brandon Sheriff being franchised again for the second time, eighteen million dollars for this year—that's just insane. That's nuts. We had cap. We had cap. But <laughs> I mean, he, he destroyed that cap. He destroyed that cap. And since Nate has this, this look of disgust in his face, I'm going to start with <laughs> Nate first. Why did we franchise tag Brandon Sheriff? The, the guard is like the running back position on offense. I mean, it's so worthless. Uh, so, so you talk about like everyone's like, well, you can't put Wes Martin out there. That's the response I get when, when I talk you know, talk trash on this. But listen, like we've had Eric Flowers come on and play great. We've had Wes Schweitzer play. By the way, every team who has paid their guards recently is trying to cut or release them. You got Brandon Brooks. You have you have trade. You have, there's so many right now. Just read. There's like five different guards right now. Pro Bowl guards, not just your average run of the mill guards that teams are trying to trade or release right now because they regret it because it's not a in position. And he's 29 years old. He's not in his prime anymore. And he won. He won all pro. That's awesome. The reason he won all pro, if you go look it up, there's only a few right guards that were healthy all year that actually could qualified to be, and there's not a lot of good right guards in the nfl to begin with there's a lot of good left guards so he's lucky that you couldn't switch it over to the other guard position like i love it but if your argument is i love homegrown talent that's a stupid argument like that it's it's not a it's about team building and that's not a premium position i'm sorry i could get two high quality guards for nine mil each and it probably helped the team out a lot more than paying for one that's going to get injured and is going to be up for a contract again next year bars just dropping bars. I see you, Nate. Wow. All right, we're gonna go ahead and go to Corey. Corey didn't feel. Yeah, um, I mean, you look at it. Uh, we're we're paying for a guy who has missed uh, how many games on average over the last like four game, three games a, a season, and like you said, he he'll be thirty in December, and not too many good right guards. Uh, like Nate was saying, I I just I don't know in. in they talk about his leadership. I guess the human aspect of it. I don't care what anybody tells me. Leadership is not worth $3 million a year to me. Get him. Tag him. Trade him. Get him out of here. Just see what you can get out, out of him. Because you can go hit. If, uh, uh, if Sadiq Charles is healthy, you can put you can kick him in at guard. Move Schweitzer back over to right guard since you still have him. You'll be fine. Like I, I, I think people miss this point. I think we're just so scared that this is going to be like a Kirk Cousins thing. If it is, oh well, some other team's going to get screwed at the end of the day with guaranteed money. That's all. That's right. I mean, you see all these different guards being cut. You know, you see Joe Thune. Joe Thune is a yeah. nice guard. He's an above average guard. And he was franchised last year. This year, they said, "Hex, nah, I'm not about to franchise that guy and do what Washington just did." Mm -hmm. That's you know, so 
you see all these different guards trying to get traded. I mean, teams are trying to trade them or cut, and we just go ahead and say we're going to franchise our guy because he he's an all pro. Come on, man. Well, Zaylen just got cut for the Giants today. Yeah, Zaylen just got cut. Nor Norwell's going to get cut. Yeah. I mean, it's not even. I wouldn't. I know he does really well against Fletcher Cox, and that's how he made his money, and that's the only reason that we. And he's our all, first auto pro since what Matt Turk. So, I mean, wow. to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, that's the only reason. Rivera likes football guys. Sheriff's a mauler. Sheriff's a football guy. But there's no way I would have franchise tagged him. If I couldn't have got a long-term deal done, right. I, I'm sorry. I like Brandon. Love, actually love Brandon. Great pulling guard. Good at what he does. But like Nate said, you could pay two guys eight, nine million. Actually, Sadiq, Charles, and Wes Schweitzer, I think, would get the job done. Um, yeah. hey, you, can get, you can get a guy in the draft like uh, Trey Smith from yep. uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yep. This is the end of Sheriff. I, I'm telling you guys right now. Oh, he's, yeah, we're not. If we can't f- get a long term deal done by June, whatever the date is, it's got to be done yeah. June, July. Oh, July 18th or and something. And also, why are the guards and tackles together in the franchise tag? Stupid. Does anybody know Damn. that answer? I didn't, I didn't know that that was a thing. That's <laughs> yeah, that's why, he's get, that's why he's making 18 million because oh, of the wow. tackle. Because it's the top five average of the top five tackles and guards. Abolish the franchise tag. There we go. There you go. Get it out of here. The franchise tag was supposed to help the teams, but it's not helping the teams. It's helping the players right now. Yeah, talk to me, George. Look, I I mean, what else can I say here? (laughs) Uh, Look, uh, they have until July to work out a deal where they can bring that number down but they're probably not going to be able to do that. I, I, I believe, Corey, you were mentioning possibly packaging him in a trade leading up in the draft. I think that could be something that they could look into. But this is this is a hit. This is a hit that, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly, you know, um, it's just one we didn't have to make. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rio, I want to ask you this, man. At the cornerback two position, we have a need. Like I said, we have a lot mm-hmm. of needs. Hopefully we hit all these needs, but if not, hey, there's always another episode. CB2, you got Ronald Darby who played great. In my opinion, this is my opinion. Y'all don't have to agree with me. I think he was the best corner on the team this year. He was. I agree. This guy was was the best corner on the roster. He was defending. Forget all the interception stuff. You know. Hey, remember all the flack I took, Manny, for saying Ronald Darby would be the best corner? You and and Adam said it would be Jimmy Moreland and Kendall Fuller. Who did I say would be the best corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all good, to be fair. I mean, hey, what's, good about, good. what's good about Darby is that he, he was the number two, and they were going after, they weren't going after Fuller. They're going after Darby, and he showed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, he had that one lapse against Dallas on Thanksgiving, but other than that, he wasn't on anybody's high, highlight reel like he, he was, was. He was very yeah. consistent and for mm-hmm. – his best trait was he was available all season. Yep. He played yeah. 95% of defensive snaps. I believe he led the team in defensive snaps this year. He did. Yeah. Which is – that's unheard for him. That's You have to get him done. He's a, yeah. he's he's home right now. This mm-hmm. is where he's from, and he's our best cornerback. We're doing this thing where we don't have a number one shutdown corner, but right. we, we're, we're just solid. Mm-hmm. And we can do just solid on both sides because the line and the front seven that we yeah. have, or at least the front four, because we need to work right. with the line. Yeah. 
But yeah, get Darby done. Don't overpay him and get in a bidding war for him because I'm out if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go get me a Jason Verrett or someone on a one-year flyer. Exactly. Um, I, I can't get in a bidding war for Ronald Darby. What about Patrick Peterson? I like Peterson, but he's got to be a short-term deal. Well, he's yeah, going to get he's going to get yeah, more money than he, he's going to get more money than he warrants at this point of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, uh, I don't think he will. I think he'll be in one of those. I think with the cap where it's at, I think he'll be one of those veterans that has to take like a veteran minimum to stay on, stay playing. Hey, hey if that's the case, I would. Come take, on over, I think. I, I think I'd rather take Sherman. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, Sherman. Sherman's been the better player over the last three years. Pearson is a Peterson is a shell of himself. I mean, he he's all right. He's fine, but uh, Sherman is still good, and I don't think he's gonna break the bank at thirty three, thirty four years old. Like he's not gonna break. He's gonna negotiate his own contract. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't (laughs) see us bringing in Peterson to move move him to uh, free safety. Uh, I mean, we're gonna talk about free safety in a minute because that is a need. I'm gonna kick that off with George. George, give me your thoughts on. Do we pay Darby? I think that Darby personally is worth seven or eight million dollars a year, maybe a two, three year deal. But if yeah. it's nine, nine is kind of like a break in. It's like ah, I can't afford nine, but I can do seven or eight. Talk to me about the cornerback position at the CB2 and then transition us into the free safety position. OK, so uh, first of all, let me just prioritize right now. I think free safety is more important than cornerback. That being said, um, there's a name I want you to keep in, keep in the back of your mind. His name is Brian Poole. Played only nine games with the New York Jets this year. One of the things I love to look at when I'm evaluating quarterbacks is how well they shut down opposing quarterbacks when they're targeted in the receiving game. So our guy, Kendall Fuller, one of the best top 15 in allowing the lowest passer rating when targeted. Brian Poole, uh, he's in the top 15 as well. You have a guy like Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh. He's in the top 15. Troy Hill from the Rams. Uh you know, these are options. These might get more expensive. Darby is a good sign uh, if he if we can get him cheap. But Brian Poole, again, playing nine games, has that little injury injury bug coming off of last season. But he's a really good cornerback, somebody we wouldn't have to invest too much money in. Um, that, that's my thoughts on quarterback. As far as uh, free safety, it's free safety. Um, look, the, the he John Johnson the third. He was a strong safety a couple seasons ago. Transitioned to free safety. The only issue with him is he's going to command top dollar at the safety position, and he allows the twelfth most yards after the catch. So, like, what the hell is he doing? Like, he's getting you tackles. He's getting you hundred tackles a year, but that's that's good. That means nothing if guys are catching the ball and going downfield. Somebody right. who I somebody who I really love is coming out of the University of Oregon. Um, recent mock drafts have him at the top ten. Hopefully, he falls to seventeen. I'm really hoping they go shore up the free safety position in the first round, and that's Javon Holland out of Oregon. Ball hawk. He can play anywhere. He can be a safety. He can line up a corner. He can line in the nickel. You put him in the slot. You don't wherever you can put him. He can play well. He is just a playmaker. And you you pair him back here with Landon Collins, and maybe they get rid of Collins and they stick with Cam Curl, who's a who, talk about a find last year, right? Um, uh, I think Javon Holland would be the perfect fit at free safety for this team. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Nate, talk to me about free safety. What do, what what do we do there? I mean, we need somebody. We need somebody. Yeah, the big thing with defensive back is it's the most volatile <laughs> position on defense, right? It, and the reason for that is it's a passing league. So it's so hard to play cornerback. It's so hard to play free safety. So when you see guys have career years, and that's pretty much – all of our defensive backs, right? You have Fuller, who had pretty much a career year. You had Moreland, who had a career year. Darby, 
Reeves, you know, you have curl, all of these guys had career years. So you're going to see some regression come back where they're not going to be quite as good. And you can expect that. And I'll, right. I'll say this too, a lockdown corner that that's more scarce than a pass rusher. If you can, if they're rare, there's only a few of them. So cornerback is still a big need for me, but if you're talking about free safety, I mean, this, this draft class has a few good ones. I really like uh, uh, Richie Grant from everyone's buzzing. Boy. about. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ever since the senior ball, he, his tape has just popped off. Everyone wants to talk about it. He was the quarterback of the, of the defense there, just a really instinctual guy who he might not be the best athlete, but he's just he's seen it all. He's played long enough to be the captain of the defense. So that's a guy I like. But I think free safety – that's the other thing about safety. Like, I don't care about box safety. I don't think that's nearly as important as free safety. I think a, car, a ball hawking free safety is one of the – three most valuable positions to me on defense. So if you can find that, like I was really hoping Marcus Williams would become a free agent and somehow the saints were able to get a franchise tag on him. I don't know if they paid him like NBA top shots or something, but I don't understand how they could afford him, but I wanted him. That was like my guy. I'm pretty disappointed about that, but. Yeah. I yeah. really like him as well. And uh, if we, I mean, we're, you know, we're like in a unique position because Landon Collins is coming back and we can't cut him this year. We can't trade him because of the cap hit. So we're kind of stuck with Landon Collins, at least for this season. And there's a possibility that you can kind of move Landon Collins around. I'm not saying he's going to play linebacker, but you're going to see him in positions to help out at that linebacker role. He's going to play his position. You're going to have Cam Carl, who was a corner, and played some safety and some slot. Yeah. So he's very versatile, but keeping Cam Carl back there on his own, ah, that's no, not a straight not that's, not what I want to see. No. that's not what I want to see. But he can grow. I mean, he can help out at that position. But I, I see us getting somebody rangy. I like um, the guy from Carolina that we've been Trey trying Boston. to Boston. Trey Boston. Trey Boston. Trey Boston a lot, man. Yeah. Uh, Real. Vet men. Yep. Um, what about you, Rio? Um, if we go the free agent route, uh, I know we don't like bringing in injury riddled players, but if there's someone you're going to do it for, I'm taking a flyer on Malik Hooker. Malik yep. Hooker. Mm. He is such a single high rangy baller when he's on the field. It's just his first year and his fourth year. He's, he dealt with serious injuries, but when he's on the field, he's so good. He has some of the best tools as a single high free safety as anyone in the league. He's only 24. Uh, I would I would take a one-year shot on him. And if we were to go in a draft, maybe trade back from 19 or take someone in the second round, I like Trevor Trevon Morig out of TCU. That's a no-no for me. He's not. No. Richie Grant will be available at 51, possibly. Yes, available at 51. Um, first round, no. That's a no like, for me. Yeah, but I like Hooker. I like I like Malik Hooker. If we're gonna actually sign a free safety, I don't. I think like he's cheap. But he's really cheap. Yep. All right, so we got two more. Yep. We got two more things to talk about. We have one of the biggest needs, if not the biggest need, on defense linebacker. We're gonna talk about linebacker, and we're gonna take these fan questions, and then we're gonna wrap up the episode. Now, linebacker Corey, what do we do at linebacker? Draft Zavin Collins at 19. That's, there you go. Draft Zavin Collins. He can do he can play all three spots. And you get you get Jack, you get Ron, their linebacker that's gonna be in that backfield for the longest time. The guy you go watch him on tape. I know people talk about the kid out of um Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. His he's on that small mm -hmm. side, 
But yeah, Javon Collins, hybrid safety. He's a safety. Oh, I, can, yeah, I can't put yeah. him in linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I like. I like Zayvon Collins, man. I think he's a complete package, and I think people are overlooking him. And if you wanted to trade back, maybe to where the Chiefs were or something, you could probably get him too, and maybe recoup a pick or something. I, I like Zayvon Collins, hands down. Don't go out in free agency. Draft this fool today. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. I love Xavier Collins. If you're not getting uh, uh, Michael uh, Parsons, Xavier Collins yeah. is in this consolation prize. Uh, Rio, what you think? Man, Michael Parsons would be the dream. Like, <laughs> if Michael, if Michael Parsons can't, it fell to like 14. I, I, I would make a call. Like, <laughs> I would make a call because that is the that's the guy you put in the middle of your defense, yeah. and that's the Luke Keekley of this draft. I'm not trading up. Oh yeah, uh, but if, if he if he got uh, within range, I would consider it. But I think I'm signing a Jayon Brown from Tennessee to plug one of the spots, and then I'm gonna take another one in the draft. I'm gonna take a Jabril Cox out of LSU. Very athletic, very rangy. I like. He's Cox. probably not gonna be in the Mike spot. He's probably gonna be yeah. like he's gonna definitely be one of the off ball outside backers. <laughs> I think he's rangy. He could cover, and we they could work with his skill set. I like him. I like it, George. So my wish list for middle linebacker, there's only one name that's at the top, and that's Neville Hewitt from the Jets. 134 total tackles. This guy's a volume tackler. He's the eighth-best linebacker when it comes to stopping positive plays. So he's getting in the backfield. He's getting that negative plays. Uh, really great. Going to command top dollar. Uh, I love the Jayon Brown uh, t- talk right there. Josh Vines is another stopgap. He's a stopgap, though, but he's really good against the run. Uh, for me, actually, uh, the outside linebacker position is kind of where I'm a little bit concerned about. I'm not really sold on – is it Kevin Pierre-Louis, Kevin Pierre-Louis? Yeah. However you want to pronounce it, Kevin shouldn't be on the team anymore. <laughs> KV, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, linebacker Eric Wilson out of uh, the Minnesota Vikings is a free agent. Him paired with Cole Holcomb. These two guys are actually really good in coverage. So, again, you know, Nate, you were talking about, you know, the thumpers in the middle – or the thumpers for the safety position don't really matter. It's the coverage guys you don't want to miss out on. Well, you know, having two guys in the top 10 as far as being great uh, linebackers when targeted in coverage, I mean, you know, if you can't get your middle linebacker, I think you address the outside edges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate, I know I know who you like. You like that kid from <laughs> Buffalo. Milano. <laughs> Milano. Talk to yeah. me. Yeah, I like I like Milano. I'll, I'll say with linebacker, I, I – almost absolutely don't want to draft a linebacker in round one. It's it's I know it's a need. It's not a premium position, fellas, though. I, I hate to say it. You're, if you're drafting a linebacker in round one, they damn sure better be like Luke Keekley or Bobby Wagner, or you're going to regret that pe- pick later on because you can get the same value later on in the draft. Now, if you want to trade back from 19 and pick up like a Xavier Collins, I love it, but I'm not taking Jock that early. The thing with Jock, he's he's a box safety. He's a he's a positionless player, right? He only has 200. He has under 220 snaps in the box the past two seasons at Notre Dame. He doesn't play in the box, so he's not a linebacker. So people need to stop with that, okay? He's his skills are redundant with Cam Curl. But I'm not taking a linebacker that early. That's that's drafting need over like valuing the position. That's not how you do it. And I know like that's an obvious glaring need. Did you guys know that KVP was really good in coverage last year though? Yeah, he was. He was one of the KVL best middle linebackers. He was, yeah. Yeah. And, and like so you, was awful. you can use him as a sub package linebacker. You can re-sign him for really cheap. He doesn't have to play all the time because he misses a lot of tackles. And that that's where Ethan's struggle was like stopping the run. But hey, if you want to stop the run, play with the lead more and you won't have to worry about that. And it comes 
comes back to offense. I know like that's not what we're talking about, but if you're talking about linebackers later on that I really like, yeah, Jabril Cox, like he jumps to the top for me. He's that guy in the third or second round. This guy has more snaps playing in the slot than Jock, Parsons, Collins, all all like six of the top linebackers do combined. He's the best coverage linebacker in college football the past three seasons. Has over like 10 interceptions, over 15 passes defended. Dude is just relentless. He's not a great athlete, but he's a good, like he's another probably sub package player. But I mean, I, I'm just, I am not drafting a linebacker at 19. That's a bad process. You can talk to me on Twitter. We can debate it all day and I'll show you why, but th that's my two cents on that. Awesome. Awesome. So I got some fan questions. Some of these are kind of funny, but I'm going to ask them anyways. Uh, somebody wanted Levante David. That's who I wanted. Uh, he's gone. I'm sad. He, he only went for 25 million for two years. That's that's a hometown discount if I ever seen any. Um, he also said, Are there any sleeper names about the linebacker position? We just talked about a whole bunch, like guys like uh, I've, got I've got two of them Milano, all these different guys in the draft. So, we're gonna skip that question. Our very good friend from the Redskins Hub, I believe this was Tony. Um, so Tony's projection for the team. Right now, we sit at $39 million in cap, and we're going to pay Darby somewhere around $9.2 million. Then you got a guy. Um, then we're going to save $7.2 million for the draft. Um, we're going to pay Kyle, uh, Kyle Allen $1 million. Uh, Cam Sims at least a million. Uh, Sudberg, eight, uh, $850K. Kicker, $1.5 million, leaving us with a, with a projected $18.25 million. That's yeah. what – It'll probably be more than that, though, because the way contracts are, stu are structured and payouts right. are like the dollar amount. It's not as base level as that. Right, 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 right. I'm, I know they can definitely get, get creative and sure. things of that nature. So he's saying with what's left, we kind of already talked about we might go receiver. We might go linebackers. Definitely something that we you know might be able to pull. But do you guys see anything outside of the box that we attack that we're not even thinking of right now? Left tackle. Left tackle. Yeah. I actually yeah. I'm okay with Cornelius Lucas. When he came yeah. on last year, he played pretty well. He was oh, yeah, one of the best too. rated. Oh, yeah, we're good with tackles. If you I think improve. I think that we could take a left tackle in the first two rounds. Okay. Darasol. Virginia yeah, Tech. Darasol. I love Lucas him. would be awesome. Dude, Lucas would be awesome swing tackle. Yeah. Yes, he would. Yeah, Lucas would be a I think he's better off as a swing tackle. Like okay. they said. Our Lucas. new Inseki. Our new Inseki. Yeah. Somebody said we need to get rid of uh Collins. We're not getting rid of Collins this Man, year. Sorry, that, buddy. That Sorry. Too much. I mean, post post June one, it's not that bad of a hit. No, nine nine still, million dollar no. hit. It's a nine million dollar. Wait till hit. wait till next year. It'll get rid of him then. Yeah, wait till next year. I'd ask him to restructure. And then somebody said we need a new kicker. Oh, no. I, I agree. He hit eighty percent. We need some competition. Okay. Let's go get Let's Young get Way Coop. Let's go get Young oh, Way Coop. Yeah. You, you, you joke about God. that. Yeah. You joke care. about that. But <laughs> they ain't going to let him go out. We, get, we can talk about that off air. Come on. Like, Let's get to real. All these mock drafts. I, I, I love that. I love that. I want to take a kicker. No, don't take a kicker. <laughs> young Way Coop. Then a guy is asking about Tyrod Taylor and Cam Newton. We covered that. Then he says, what's the deal with this BS or play out like the franchise tag? So – how many of you guys think that he gets a long-term deal? Raise your hand. I do. I think he gets it done. I hope. I think they get like a four-year deal done. Okay. 
I don't think a long-term deal gets done. I think we draft this replacement in the mid-rounds of the draft. Um, somebody was asking about top free agents, realistic uh, possibilities. We covered that. Um, <laughs> somebody's asking about special teams. What do we do to improve the special teams? <laughs> we really, I mean, honestly, draft in the seventh round. Oh, Find man. someone who can catch a punt and get 10 yards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Fire <laughs> Nate Katzer. I like Nick. I think I, I like Nick Katzer. I just I, don't think Steven Sims. I mean, get rid of Steven Sims and you fix the special teams. And yeah, Troy, yeah. get a new gunner. Apke yeah. takes Apke can't tackle for anything. Who? Yeah. Crapkey. Crapkey. All right, guys. So before we wrap up, I'm going to go around the frames one last time. And I want you guys to give me your uh, hot take or your bold prediction for this free agency. Rio? Okay. We're going to sign two wide receivers and a tight end. Hmm. Don't have the money. Money will be found. We're gonna sign two of them. We're not, and I don't mean top dollar. Like I think we can get a Samuel and a Nelson Aguilar, and get a tight end. I like it, George. I think they go either with a with a Fitzpatrick or a Minshew, and they get Kenny Galladay. Hmm. Spicy. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we are going basement discount shopping. And we will not we will not burn the farm on anybody. No big splashes this year. Nate. I think they take a defensive end in the top three rounds. Uh that would kind of surprise some people because it's it's not a huge need right now, but I don't know. Here's a hot take. Phil. All right. I agree with Corey. I think we Stick around the J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, Cornelius Lucas signings. Get players that Scott Turner and Ron Rivera like. Um, the draft, first three rounds will be left tackle. I still think Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are going to find their middle linebacker. Um, I would not be shocked at all if Nick Bolton is taken. Um, he's a not a high, high ceiling guy, but he's got a high floor. He is just a great middle linebacker, quarterback of the defense. I like Nick Bolton. All right, so here is my bold prediction. We're going to sign either um, Curtis Samuel or Jonu Smith, and we're going to draft Rashad Bateman at 19. I think we invest, invest, invest on offense. I think that we don't bring in – any quarterback worth having, I think we're going to have a mid-level, mid-tier, veteran, Wally Ovet kind of guy, and I think we're going to bring in weapons on offense to help this team. And I also think that we bring in some kind of RB2. Kind of oh, RB2. yeah, I was just going to say, I think we might sign a, a running back. Absolutely. Michael Carter. Michael yeah. Carter. UNC? Yeah, no. no. If they spend if they spend a day two pick on Michael Carter, I'm going to be furious. It's just no. I'm saying round four. No, dude, the NFL loves Michael Carter. I promise you, he'll go like round three or or earlier than you think. And you know, you know, like two backs from from UNC are going to go really early. Oh, I know, my boy Javante. Javante is up. They're just climbing. Yeah, I know. 
So, guys, man, this was an amazing episode. Once again, this is the Back Row Redskins Show. I am your host, Manny. Was joined by Rio, George, Corey, Nate, Phil. This was the episode. We love you guys. Y'all stay safe. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Talking Sports with Manny. We got lots of content coming. Got some other great guests coming on next week. Got the merchandise store now. Support your boy. Love y'all. We out. Later. Hell. <laughs>